This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, October 23rd, 2020, and it's the Relevant Podcast. In Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. Hey. And a little bit of a swerve here. Our, our, our fan favorite, Jamie Ivey, is not on today's show, sitting into her, pl- into her seat from Nashville, Relevant Senior Editor, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, man. Howdy, folks. So, yes, everybody, it's just the guys today. Once again. No lie. Cameron? Yeah. I, I just imagine that this show smells like gym socks. <laughs> just, I'm not even gonna lie. It smells like dirty, dirty gym socks. Guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut right to it since this is boy I feel like when it's a boys in back in town show, like there's no format. We just roll and nothing's off limits. And I got I, I got real real talk for you guys. I went up to my uh I went I went up to my wife's aunt's uh uh farm in Pennsylvania. It was oh, gorgeous. Wow. Classic boys in back boys are back in town content. Right. They got they got horses, the whole deal, right? And it's gorgeous and it was a great time. When is the last time any of you guys have been around farm animals? <laughs> because I had a weird revelation. But because it has probably been before this trip, the last time I've been in the physical presence presence of like a farm animal. It's it's gotta be years. Maybe I, I don't even remember the last time. Well, we've been it, around it, horses. Like wild horses, like when we go to Montana, but yeah. not like yeah. farm but, animals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, 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 real quick, around the table, has anyone been around farm animals in the last three years? No. Nah, bro. Here's I, the I there were horses. Yeah, I saw some horses. Well, because I, I was just, I was in Sedona, but they weren't like farm horses. Yeah, they yeah, were exactly. Like, you know, it's yeah, not really. They, yeah, not really. Like wild ponies are one thing, you know? It's not right. a big, yeah. It, it, it's, been, it's been a while. It's not a regular part of my... I was around life. chickens. I was around uh-huh. uh, uh, horses and, and all the, these animals are like probably a good 30 to 40 percent bigger than you even remember like i was next to a horse and it was scary you're like dude i gotta be around more horses i live i live a, we live a life we live life is totally detached from nature even the chicken like i would in my head i had a chicken about 40 percent smaller than a real life chicken chickens can come up to like your waist they're big animals we what? guys we are totally detached yeah. from nature yeah. here and and i'm like i've gotten so detached like i haven't been to a zoo in who knows how long and i think i need to go get reintroduced to wildlife because these animals are massive. Like, wait, in my chickens, mind, animals, chickens go up to your waist. <laughs> I thought they go up some, to your knee. I've there were some big chickens. That's what I'm saying, Cameron. You need to get back on a real farm. It was revelatory. <laughs> like, man, animals are awesome. Maybe, I never. Maybe that wasn't a non-GMO farm you were on, and they were pumping those chickens full of some maybe bio I don't know. chemicals. I don't know. I mean, you guys know I'm all for that. Uh, <laughs> super chickens. If you, look, if I'm an animal and you can say, hey, here's the deal. We can either put you out in, in like a free range pasture and you're going to have to like hunt down your own food and live a natural wildlife out in the elements. Or we got a nice little setup for you in a safe coop and we'll give you literally all you want all the time. 
that's not even that's not even a hard one. You know, <laughs> I've, I've I realized this uh, whenever I'm dri- I'm driving around. And this does happen when I'm driving around Nashville sometimes, Derek. I don't know if this happens to you driving around your corner in Nashville, but turkeys, r- roving bands of wild turkeys uh, prowl the streets of East Nashville where I'm at, and th- they don't move out of the way of cars because they don't have to because yeah. they're big enough. They, they they can just stand there and like stare you down like a like a showdown like in those old cop movies. You can uh, turkeys are in my mind. Turkeys are about the size of like a large. Like maybe maybe they can maybe they're like two footballs big in real life they can cut like one could easily reach my like lower chest yeah wild, yeah and they're mean wild turkeys yeah. are mean yeah yeah it, they're, they're it, super it, mean in Miami there's chickens everywhere like chickens roam yeah, Miami sure. you know and in Orlando in Central Florida we have peacocks in Orlando there's peacocks just roaming neighborhoods well they're and, huge too they're huge but they're, they're I don't think they're mean. They like they'll put their feathers out to like scare you off, you know. But like, yeah, and they hang out in packs though, so they could they could swarm so, you. I, My well, side of Nashville, if if a turkey is in the middle of the street, he is going to be dinner. Yeah, so, <laughs> so they, they don't they don't come on this side of town. Um, yeah, because we don't on Antioch, they don't care about laws or none of that stuff. They don't care about hunting and gaming licenses, none of that. It's just oh, it's a Wow! <laughs> I don't believe. Hey, I don't believe in hunting and gaming license. I don't need. I've said this before. I think game wardens should be illegal. Like nature's fair game, guys. This kind of closes the loop on this. Why are police horses a thing? Like, like, why is it? I'm in a city, right? Like I live nowhere near a ranch. Yet occasionally at things, I'll see a policeman on a horse. What is the point of the police horse? So, no one has explained that to me. I I understand police dogs. Like they they ha- they can use their noses and they can you know run into buildings and find bad guys or whatever, right? I I understand the utility of a dog. What is the point of a horse? Like they make giant messes. Tax money's going to feed that horse. Yeah. Okay, a horse eats a lot. Why the do oats, we have law? Yeah. Enforcement on horses it, because it always it just makes cool. me nervous. That's like, why because cool. it looks really, really. Mm-hmm. But imagine pulling up to imagine if there's like a shootout and you pull up on a horse. Everything stops at that moment, bro. Because if you're crazy enough to pull out, pull up on a horse in the middle of a, a, a shootout, or imagine somebody is speeding and you catch them in a horse. They're doing ninety and you hawk the mugs down with a horse, bro. Like it's just amazing. I, I well, think. No, he, he, here's police why. Police officers are dope he, on horses. Here's why. Look, here's why cops on horses get so much attention. Because it's a horse. Anytime a horse is just walking down the middle of Times Square, it's like, what kind of maniacs riding a horse in the middle of New York City? You can't have a horse out here. The, why are, the, the police horses make zero sense. It's, it's very intimidating. That, that the cop departments are run by, like today's podcast is, by boys. Because there is at some point, just somebody said, you know, it'd be awesome. If we just rode horses around town and and they just took the, and they just, that was it that was the beginning end of the conversation. Why? They didn't think about anything awesome. else. Well, I don't need it. Like, <laughs> we like, can afford it. Do we have that in the like, budget? You know, we have everything you know, in the budget. A, Who's going to tell us no? Yeah, they're like this is a very urban area with no pastures, nowhere to clean up, and there's literally no reason to have a horse. Like these are paved roads around. Okay, we don't live in the old west where in order for me to to cross the the plain to the next to mosey over on into the next town, I'm going to need some sort of uh, off-road solution, okay? These horses are just walking out the paved street. There's no reason to get them involved. 
horses didn't ask to be involved in law enforcement. You know, that's Jesse, all I'm you, saying. You, you actually are right, bro. Like, I think of Tennessee, like, that's dope. You know what I mean? Because that's kind of the thing. It's the South. But Times Square doesn't make any sense at all. Any like, sense, it, yeah. it literally makes zero sense at all. Like, why in the world you would do that? You actually have a point. The horse doesn't want it. And it's a police officer. So if somebody came up and like hit it, you know, that's assaulting You're an officer. Different. Yeah, exactly. That, that horse. Why, why would you ever hit a horse though? Like that, that, that would, hey, horses don't bother in, anybody. If you're in the Times Square and you're in a mob of drunken revelry, somebody's going to go over there and punch the horse. They're just going to. And I somebody's going to get their face kicked into the back of their head. <laughs> it's it's true. Like this is saying more about you than it is about the Times Square folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely>. <laughs> <laughs> money to, although I do get nervous when I see, when they, when you have the cops on horseback out after like a big game or something, everyone's celebrating the street like there's mobs of people who are who are drunk there's fireworks going off and then there's the horse out there that feels like a recipe for a real disaster it makes me a little nervous when i see that but you never hear any stories about it well here's the other thing and and again this isn't me bagging on uh, on on cops this is just making objective observations about how they use their money and i don't think horses are i don't know how much a horse is i haven't priced a horse but i gotta imagine just the you know like i learned a lot about horses this weekend you know, there are there are people who do their whole jobs a horse dentist, right? They go from farm to farm to work well, on horse teeth. They're yeah. horse dentists, right? Well, there's people dentists too, of course. Yeah, there's it, horse dentists. Well, so here's the other thing. So it seems very inefficient, but even more inefficient. You know those segways now that they have, <laughs> have like the little covering on them. I knew, it's like, I knew this was coming. It's like, dude, I if I really wanted to, like, let's just say, let's just say I'm like a pickpocket, okay? And I yeah. run. I'm walking down the street and I grab like a, a purse snatcher and I grab a purse and I'm running. And, and, and an officer on one of those segways. It's like, oh, I wonder how I'll avert, uh, 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 how I'll escape this. I know I'll walk up a six inch curb and watch as he tries to get the segway <laughs> up there. I, <laughs> they didn't think I, that one through either. Bike, you know? bike police officers versus segway police officers. Which one is the most ridiculous? Uh, well, hey, a bike. I, I actually, real talk. Bike cop scene's pretty fun. You know what's fun? No, 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 no. You know what's fun? Riding a bike all day. What? Okay? The, bi- <laughs> the bike cops are wearing those little shorty shorts yeah. like a mailman. Yes. That's and not dude, good. I would, I would have not. I, I would, I would do squats like all day and just be riding down the road with my shredded thighs on a mountain bike. Just hey, watch out, guys! And just like doing wheelies and you know, I, I, I just feel like just out of all of bell. them. Ching ching. Hey, I can- <laughs> Yeah. Is that the, the horn is the bell like it's like hey you know what would be great though you know you know what well, you know would solve all of it this rollerblade cop because there's nowhere he can't go or she can't go they can, you can go inside outdoor anywhere a horse or a bike can't rollerblade cop rollerblade cop is basically just a, a, a foot patrol officer that's got wheels on their feet and no, we're, that no, seems no, the no. ultimate solution we're millennials so you have to be skateboard cop yeah, I think skate cops. I mean, rollerboard cops would be crazy to FX <laughs> this summer. Again, I again, rollerboard cop, cop. Jesse, just like your Segway cop, the way you get away is just run into like gravel or or a grassy field <laughs> and you're you're free. I mean, because well, he's got to unstrap and stuff. Yeah, he can't because come there is you. nothing more. I, and and no no one act like they haven't experienced this. Okay, like there's nothing more humiliating than being on rollerblades and having to try to run through grass or something. You're like. <laughs> Stepping all awkward, you're clopping around. It's, it's not a good look. It's not a good look to be a roller. 
rollerblades in the first place. But if you're on gravel, kind of doing that weird little dance hop, it's it, 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 you're not going to command the respect. The only that, person that, I've ever seen uh, rollerblade, and I thought that that makes sense. Like good for good for him. This is a good mode of transportation. Is that the dog whisperer Cesar Chavez as he's training those big yeah. dogs? He takes yeah. him for walks, and he's mm-hmm. on rollerblades, Cesar and Milan. he lets those things yeah. run. Cesar Milan, they're taking him it. for a walk. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a bit, yeah. Why don't we have stilt cop? <laughs> no one's thought of that yet either. Pogo stick. Because you can knock his cop. leg out. What? That, no, I'm not going to mess with it. Pogo stick cop just hops up and down across the road. Pogo stick. Give me the fastest cop. Oh, oh, those bouncy blade runner things that they yes. give like, like special Beetle, like, a, like at like Beetlejuice uses at Universal Studios, <laughs> yes. you know? Like he's doing gainers with those blade things. The blade bounce cop is a blade great idea. Blade bounce cop would be the one that nobody episode, could outrun. Episode one, season one of Skate Cop, you know, the cheap, the, the crusty old chief police calls skate cop in and skate cops you know and eh, you know he does a grind in on the little door handle there i need somebody to photoshop skate cop yes photoshop (laughs) a cop doing a kickflip shooting a gun while he's doing a kickflip i need someone to do that from the relevant community will you please photoshop a police officer doing a kickflip and like just like with an explosion behind them like a Michael Bay film. Can someone do that? And I, if you do that, I will make it my new avatar. Can his partner be on the bouncy blades? Okay. Speaking of this guy, we're already off the rails. We're in the ditch so deep that I'm not even going to try to get back out. I'm just going to, I'm going to do what they do in traffic jams and just pull a lawn chair and just like hang out and just make a day out of this because we're here. We're broke down. Traffic ain't moving. Okay. No, we're we're here for the afternoon. Open the wit, roll down the windows, turn some music up. Let's make this a party. Also, That's what's happening also, right now. Please the other day, cut the part where I talked about skate cop because that's going in the pilot script and I don't want anybody stealing. I don't want this is true too there's a road near me that connects two parts of town and on one side of the road is is a state park right and on the other side is like a military base so for this like eight mile stretch there's nowhere to turn off right it's like a, a road through the woods it's very popular with like road bike cyclists like the dudes who like dress up like lance armstrong and go for long bike rides because there's nowhere to go like it connects from one beach to another and it's a long way through the woods and and so anyway you when you drive it you see cyclists all the time this is true I was driving it the other day, and there's a guy, and he's in the full spandex Lance Armstrong, you know, yeah. uh, uh, get up, right? And he, I, I, I swear to you, this is true. The dude was riding a unicycle. Okay, like, he was straight up. He was straight up, like Tour de France in it on a unicycle. Okay, and he's like, have you ever seen like riding a unicycle? Is it, it, you know, it's hilarious to watch someone do, but especially r- watching someone riding riding a unicycle fast, like they're trying to get speed because you can't lean down like a bike. You have to be upright. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. really this hip wiggling <laughs> that he's doing. It, it, it was so weird. And I was like, I wanted to put the core exercise because he's got to stay yeah. s- straight up. Because, you know? because on a bike, you're hunched over, you're yeah. leaning. Yeah, you yeah, know? Stop it. On, on the I'm unicycle, crying. you're up. up, up, up. It, the, the, it made me want to like follow him. Obviously, follow him very slowly because even, even with his technique, he was right. going very slowly. It made me want right. to follow me like, sir, I don't know your name. I know nothing about you, but I need you in my life. Yeah. I 
Why do you find all this stuff, Jesse? Why does all the cool stuff happen to you, bro? I've never seen a person ride a unicycle in my life. Bible college, man. Christian college. Are you serious? Oh, it was there was a community. It was a unicycle group. No way. Hold on, hold on. Were they were they were they cool people like doing it with a smile? Did you hear or were they a unicycle group? They were not cool people. There's no version of this. Cause like you don't get you don't get cooler when you like get good at the unicycle. You're just like, <laughs> no, oh, like, guy if they were so cool that they were doing it ironically, I'd be like, okay, I you don't know, think that, so. they're that, funny. That was I like those guys. Uh, I'm not an expert <laughs> on being cool at Bible college. Who right. am I kidding? Yes, I am. It was the one thing I'm good at. But uh, uh, but yeah, this was not this was not. They were not like the. I don't think the girls were like, oh, who's that guy? Even if you're doing it ironically, like I bet right now. Like if I was just if right off top of the dome, if I yeah. just had a ballpark and I would say to get a nice unicycle it probably costing you four hundred bucks. Oh yeah, even it's, if, a, it's a even bike. If, yeah. Even if you do it ironically, you're always the person that spent four hundred dollars on a unicycle. Four hundred bucks for half of a bike? You gotta give that. me a discount, dog. What it's are you doing? Like, hey, hey, look, Frank's here, the funny unicycle guy. What's up, man? He's so self aware. And people are like, legit though, he paid like four hundred bucks for that. Jesse, I just I I just put unicycle for sale and to okay. the internet $58.99 no I would not trust the $60, unis- $60 unicycle Walmart $53.90 with free shipping Let's 18 go. inch wheel unicycles okay hey, well, if I pull up to my next concert in a unicycle don't judge me <laughs> There's no looking cool on a um, Imagine me rapping on stage on a holding a, on a unicycle. I feel like I feel like crazy. in the early '90s, extreme sports demonstrations to attract the young people. There would be like the rollerblading and the skateboarding, yep. and then like yep. the one guy would come out on a unicycle. Like, oh, look how yeah. Quick, hey, quick question and, here: and, When I Google unicycle, the first. The first article that comes up is best long distance unicycle. What do you guys think long distance means for somebody on a it. unicycle? It, 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 it like was down it, the block. I okay. mean, no, this it was this guy was going probably minimum ten miles here. Okay, Jesse. There, if we want to get into the mountain biking unicycle range. Okay. We're four hundred to nine hundred dollars. Well, there you go. There you uh, go. No, nah, I got an even better one. There's an electric unicycle, Ooh. a thousand watt. $1,400. Okay. Electrical. What percentage of the last unicycle you'll ever buy? Thinking about the type of person that dedicates the time and money to getting proficient at a unicycle. Just think about that personality type. Uh-huh. Dedicated. What, what percentage Lonely. of unicycle owners use a cell phone belt clip? Just, just oh, yeah, in their day to day life. 101%. Uh, that yeah, that Venn diagram is a circle. <laughs> yeah. not, all, not all cell phone belt clip users have unicycles. Right. They might have thought about it, but all unicyclists obviously yeah. have cell phone belt clips. Yeah, it looks like a donut because the yeah. unicycle one is inside uh, exactly. the other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well. And, and like, and, and have most of their shirts are meant to be tucked into jeans. Like, I feel like that's another, you know, kind of unicycle. For sure. Yeah. For sure. All right. I got a question because this is a white people thing. Um, <laughs> Wait, unicycles? No, 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 no. But I need, I need the white delegation to help me with this. Um, why buy an electric bike? I thought the point of the bike is to pedal. Like, so explain to me 
why are we buying? <laughs> I remember well, being on tour and all these white guys had electric bikes, and I just I I was confused. I'll so tell, help me with I, this. I, okay, so I you I've have seen, one, don't you, Cameron? I already I do know. not, but I've seen okay. two examples of people that use them that I thought, okay, that makes sense. One is somebody who uses it. They live in an urban city and they use it to commute to work instead of a car because it's easier. To park, they can take it into oh, their office. To navigate, okay, and yep. they don't come and in all sweaty, sweaty and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then uh, this year, when we were out in Wyoming, the ranch we were on had a whole bunch of off-road electric bikes, and they—I didn't know this—they use them for hunting because they would like track game up into the ranch lands because it could go places that like ATVs that couldn't like go you're and stuff. With honey, it, that seems like cheating. And so. Yeah, but again, you've got all the gear and stuff, so they could have an electric. That see, that takes all of the the fire out of hunting for me. I'm hey, thinking hey, these were just rich white people. I mean, you know, what I mean, they're not out there. They want okay. the easiest mode of transportation. Oh, okay, they just want to you shoot know? stuff. So it's, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like we don't want to do yeah. all of the the yeah. carrying the stuff. There's no right. like, there's no like. No, they mess. hire they hire yeah. people to carry the stuff. Yeah. Oh you know my goodness! Yeah, you got a, a hunting just, caddy. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey, you guys want oh, to yeah. jump on some electric bikes and have guns on your back? Because that sounds pretty cool. That's, that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's It's basically when you're like a 12-year-old, you're like, oh, yeah, it sounds like the coolest thing ever. You know? I love that's, it. Uh, but are there any other reasons? I Because the other thing is I'm noticing uh, I, on Instagram, I get this promoted to me a lot, is those uh, basically one, big tire, one-wheel yes. skateboards that are electric. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, that's becoming a thing. And I see guys all over over my yeah, my streets yeah, on I those. See them a lot. You said yeah. one one wheel skateboard. It's like I mean, a what? fat. Like a, it's a fat it's tire like a in the wheel. middle of the board, and it goes like thirty miles an hour. And you can ride it, you know, like a skateboard. But it's a fat a tire. They are thirty everywhere. miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, looked, I have looked into them, and I'll say this: very reasonable financing. I just saying, <laughs> I actually one night, you guys are one night, you're like, yeah, I, I should totally own that. Like, I I would get a lot of use yeah, out of I that. Mean, I've watched, the, I've gone to the website. Never make a big purchase after ten thirty. Never served me well. You know what? I, I, Almost every one of my pair of Nikes was purchased after ten thirty. You know, that's true. You've got some wisdom right there. A little retail therapy, you know, and it's, you know, next thing you know, I got an electric bike with a crossbow and I'm planning a hunting trip. So (laughs) electric, electric unicycle. Bro, these one wheel motorcycle or skateboard things are a thousand bucks. Yeah. Yeah, but they'll go. Uh, Derek, they have very reasonable finances. I've looked th- into it. Fam, white people, y'all have some of the coolest stuff. Y'all. Like by the time, <laughs> like bro, as a black man, I'm like, and the thing is, I'm pretty well off. But I'm like, man, do I really want to spend a thousand dollars on a one wheel skateboard? <laughs> the only <laughs> reason you could justify it is if it was like your mo- again, you live in a city and it's your mode of transportation, the way to get around town. Yeah. You know, like that's it. I, nah. Nah. <laughs> that ain't gonna work, bro. The electric bike, I was with you, but this one with skateboard, bro. That, that, no, no. This is a use this is a useless this is hoverboards, bro. This Every is time no one's gonna is. care. Every yes. time I've seen one of these on on like the main road uh, where I live, like like we'll be my son and I'll be out at a cafe eating breakfast on a Saturday morning and one of these guys goes flying by. We all look at him like what a dork. 
And he walks, he rolls by like everybody's looking at me like how cool I am. There's (laughs) never been a bigger separation between, yes, exactly, between perception and reality. (laughs) Okay, you know, the only only thing that I can say, the same cognitive dissidence exists where the person that is using it is like, everyone's looking at how cool I am. And and everyone looking is like, why is he doing that? Is a big chain wallet. Like that is the only thing where that same cognitive dissidence (laughs) No, you know what? No, 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 no. I got another one. This same, this same spot because guys, the chain wallet to, guy is like, guys, I'm a chain wallet type of guy. Anyway, so yeah. no, no, the same spot that we go to every Saturday morning, there's a group of older middle-aged men, I would say between uh, 45 and 60, and they are long distance bikers. They got the Lance Armstrongs, the yeah. outfits and stuff, and they have those bike shoes that like snap in mm-hmm. and they're walking up. They walk up to the cafe and they're all in their sweaty gear, their mid bike ride, yeah. whatever they're doing. And they're looking at, they just feel like they are the coolest people that's ever walked. And we're all looking at them like that. You should not be wearing that outfit. old man. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, <laughs> lumps, <laughs> there's lumps, there's things. You do not look the way yeah, you yeah. think you look. I love it. You look a little lumpy, bro. I love, I love yeah, the confidence it takes. That's hey, what I'm saying. Like they're they walking in, like, look at us. And we're all like, please cover yourself because did you guys ever rock chain waltz back in the day? Like no, Tyler, never. I feel like you I've probably own one. Never owned, point. never owned one. Never. I had one in sixth grade and I thought it was so cool until the school I went to made us stop using them because we got in chain wallet fights for the fun of it uh <laughs> where it just you swing it around and it's just like you know eh, like snapping I can towels but you were doing it with actual metal chains with a wallet on the end with a leather <laughs> wallet on the end i mean it's like the school was being really unreasonable when you were whipping each other with chains <laughs> i would probably I was take that. innocent people we were challenging each other to chain wallet fights tyler okay it wasn't like we we're just victimizing Dude, like literally nunchuck fights like at yeah, a no, school like you really some fun. kid goes to the principal's really like uh the guys are whipping each other with chains out there do you think we should do Look, something? and money's flying everywhere <laughs> i don't know can i take it can i get it or whatever like i'm just sitting there just scooping up all the ones that are falling out of y'all's wallet <laughs> i'm like hey man on his hands and knees just staying out of it look, just i'm his- up here counting like 50 bucks out in ones i'm like man these white people crazy but i'm rich boy this, this conversation you're ever gonna get just like yeah i'll just keep an eye and make sure nobody gets hurt and clean up y'all, in between the fights. y'all get in your nunchuck fight hey. <laughs> All right, I just thought of something. Why is anyone <laughs> so stupid? Why has anyone invented land skis? Like skis that are really long with just wheels on the bottom. And you use poles and you're just pulling around the neighborhood. <laughs> so you're talking like land skateboard, skis. skateboard meets rollerblade in a ski form. Yep. And you've got the poles. You're you doing the pole thing. So your feet are just stationary. It's not like blades where, you know, rollerblades where you're just, you know, kicking around. You can just use like oil or something. Jamie. You? you wouldn't even need wheel. Just get some olive oil Jamie, on the bottom. Jamie, I'm scared. <laughs> Derek, we, is, we is, land, is land skiing the whitest thing you've ever heard? <laughs> is that the whitest idea you've I ever mean, heard? I mean, it's on par with a unicycle, bro. I'm not going to even lie. Land like, I mean, it, think about this. In the past 15 minutes, we've talked about unicycles. We've talked uh, about rollerblade cop. We've talked true. about a Chain nunch, nunchuck game <laughs> wallet fight. Yeah, this is this is interesting. And now we're on land skis. I'm like, <sighs> all right, we're moving the show along. We have a uh, great <laughs> rest of the Clark. show. We have a great rest of the show for you. <laughs> Coming up later, uh, Natalie Manuel Lee joins us. Uh, she 
She's a host of uh, Now with Natalie on the Hillsong channel. Uh, she talks to us about, you know, knowing how to bridge the gap between your gifts and your purpose and keeping your head on straight when it feels like things are falling apart. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned for that. All right. Up next, it's Relevant News. You're listening to Denise Williams. It's Let's Hear It for the Boy. You might notice that all of the song breaks today are themed around <laughs> boys. So, just FYI. Men. Uh, yeah, men. Uh, all right. Well, I think. Boys to men. Yeah, I think yeah, that's exactly. debatable. Yeah. Well, today's show is brought to you by Convoy of Hope. Life has changed this year. Businesses have shut their doors. Millions of people have lost their jobs. And no one really knows when life will fully return back to normal. But often in the midst of despair, hope flourishes. And while the situation may look bleak for many, hope is being delivered across the nation. Convoy of Hope is doing everything it can to help people during this crisis. Their team embarked on a mission to provide 10 million meals to people in desperate need. But to date, they've delivered more than 100 million meals to those hit hardest by the pandemic. If you'd like to support their ongoing mission to deliver help to those who need it most, visit convoyofhope.org relevant. Whether it's a share on social media, a prayer or a financial gift, Convoy is grateful for any help that we can send their way. That's convoyofhope.org slash relevant. All right, it's time for, this is a new intro, new segment. Tyler's back. It's the new era. It's time for Relevant News. Relevant News. Uh, telling us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture, all the stuff we're covering over at Relevant. Tyler, what you got? That was a good, if you thought, <laughs> you thought the show was wide already, Derek, where you're, the, we, we haven't even started because of the first, because oh, yes. <laughs> the first piece of news we're going to be talking about today is a guy named Chris Pratt. Uh, oh, I don't know. man, if, if, I heard about my guy, Pratt, Pratt, man. <laughs> yeah, things got, so this is, this was kind of a weird social media dogpile that, that has actually fallen onto our lane before. Uh, so I wanted to, to pull it apart a little bit here. Um, so if you were online on Tuesday, uh, you may have seen Chris Pratt's name trending. This started innocently. Uh, there was another one of those debates that comes up every couple of months about who's the best Chris. You guys know what I'm talking about there yeah. of the of the Hollywood Avengers white Chris's. And uh, and Pratt oh, was pretty right. definitively in last place, uh, which, which is there are plenty of possible valid reasons for that. But part of what happened uh, was a few people on Twitter and on Instagram were dragging Pratt for what they perceived to be his religious views <sighs> and his politics. Uh, so he started trending over that. This led to a bunch of his celeb pals like Mark Ruffalo, Robert Downey Jr., Zoe Saldana, Josh Gad, and James Gunn assembling to stand up for Pratt. Uh, or for example, Ruffalo tweeted, you all, Chris Pratt is as solid a man as there is. I know him personally, and then instead of casting aspersions, look at how he lives his life. He is just not overtly political as a rule. Uh, so I'll get into a little more what that means in a second. But Robert Downey tweeted, quote, the sinless are casting stones at my brother, Chris Pratt, a real Christian who lives by principle and has never demonstrated anything but positivity and gratitude. Um, 
James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy movies, tweeted, quote, I've spent hours and hours sharing my deepest truths with this man as he has with me. Please stop assuming what he believes politically or in any other way just because he's a Christian. As uh, Zoe Saldana said, your friends, family, colleagues, and everyone else who's ever crossed paths with you knows your heart and your worth. So Chris Pratt doesn't actually talk about his politics very much. So most of what people are talking about is mostly like inference and kind of amateur sleuthing. He recently married into the Schwarzenegger, the Schwarzenegger family. Uh, so his father-in-law is actually Arnold, who, of course, is a Republican and Arnold. was governor, although it's worth noting that Arnold is very much not a fan of the current administration, as he's talked about many times. Now, Pratt does follow a lot of conservative type folks on social media, like Ben Shapiro and PragerU, the right wing organization. He also didn't attend this big Avengers Zoom rally for Biden and Harris, but that a lot of his other MCU co-stars did. So people kind of took all of that and put it together and created this idea of Chris Pratt must be a big time Trump supporter because of these things. But obviously he hasn't said anything to that effect. Hasn't been photographed in public wearing a MAGA hat or anything like that. The only thing he's really said that I could find when I was digging through this is he told men's fitness in 2017 that quote, I don't feel represented by either side of the political divide. Uh, although he did donate some money to Obama's campaign in 2012. And his wife said that she would be supporting uh, Biden in the upcoming election here. So that kind of throws a lot of cold water on the fire that the social media crowd was trying to start here. Um, and then he's also, and this was kind of tied in with this, he took a lot of heat for his association with what people called an anti-LGBT church. Now, as far as I can tell, that's because a lot of people are assuming that he goes to Hillsong Church. He actually does not. He attends Zoe Church in L.A. Uh, Zoe Church doesn't really have a lot of policies. They haven't said a lot about the whole LGBT <clears throat> issue. Uh, Pratt himself says, quote, nothing could be further from the truth. I go to a church that opens their doors to absolutely everyone. So that's sort of the whole bird's eye view situation of what took place on Twitter and why you might have seen Pratt's name trending yesterday. It is an interesting. Tw Twitter was Bored. They were bored. That's I love how the online mob completely defines somebody based on, you know, very far reaching anecdotal evidence or just something somebody said on Twitter. And so therefore it's fact. Well, I mean, it's and, like, yeah. and I think the most, the, the most kind of, I think, kind of concerning thing, in my opinion, about all, like, look, Chris Pratt will be just fine. You know what I mean? Like, like, I, I don't mm. think his, you know, career or personal life is any kind of jeopardy because of this. But like, the, the thing that I think is concerning is, you know, judging someone by whom who they follow on social media. And I I'm kind of of the opinion that people and not just celebrity, I think everyone should actively follow people. Um, and uh, even if they don't like necessarily support or engage, it, you know, directly with them, I think I think it, it would do a lot of good for people to follow people and see what other people think that don't share their same opinions, even if they vehemently disagree and not necessarily for the sake of, Oh, I want this person to change my mind about an issue. But I think there's real value in understanding where people who think differently, uh, how they think and why they think what they think. Um, you know, and, and, and so like, 
because I, if, I, if someone were to look through my who I've followed on social media or, or things that I've you know regularly read, I seek out. I want to know. I want to know how other people think, and not as an indictment, just because sometimes I'm genuinely curious. You know, right. we and, should because, we should be receiving information from people outside of our bubble. We should be learning or to have empathy and understanding for people who are different than us. We should not block out their messages. We should listen to them and understand where they're coming from. And, and then that's it. We didn't sway us. informed. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, know what you're th- talking about. Yeah. Th- there'll be days where like, I will, you know, I'll, I'll maybe listen to like a pod save America. And then I'll listen to like a Ben Shapiro, not because I necessarily am in a line, but sometimes I'm just curious is like, how does that person arrive at that opinion? You know what I mean? Like, I, because I, I don't think there's value. It, it, like I said, there's just kind of reading something or listening to something. I don't think makes you a supporter of that thing. I think it, you know, yeah. it, I, unfortunately, I feel like we we culturally have started, um, you know, creating the the these terms where we encourage echo chambers and, and right. echo chambers. They, they just don't end up working. It just makes it's just people either doing one of two things just confirming what their followers want them to say or making the, or they make the same point over and over but they make that point louder and it's like neither of those end up being effective long term and that's the and that's the reason why we can't have civil discussion because you don't even know what the other person is saying like yeah. that's the the big issue here that's why people are really really unequipped to be able is i i have to, i have to cancel you because I believe what you're saying is wrong because I don't even know what you're actually saying. Like, like with Pratt, I'm like, y'all are just bored. Like I literally was, I looked for about 10 minutes trying to figure out why are y'all canceling <laughs> this dude? And I'm like, literally, I'm like, I literally have no reason. I don't see why. Like, even if he's a Trump supporter, I, someone that supports Trump doesn't necessarily mean you should cancel them. I I can't believe we've gotten so far that it's like, and this is coming from a dude that, I mean, everyone knows my stances on, I'm very vocal about everything, but I'm not, I don't cancel people for being Trump supporters, but I do, I will challenge you. And like, I don't, I don't enjoy the idea of I'm either a hundred percent a Joe Biden supporter or a hundred percent a Trump supporter. I can say, Hey, I like a little bit about this guy, a little bit about that guy. But I think I'm leaning to this guy. And we just don't live in that kind of world. We always want to just make everything black and white, which is ironic because the same people that the same people that would criticize Chris Pratt, if that same type of energy was put back on them, they would say, dang, why would you just you just want to, you know, you just want to lump me all in a big group and say that I act this way or that way. And I I, Mm -hmm. just don't think. I think that's just stupid. Twitter was bored yesterday. That's all it was. <laughs> or, yeah, Twitter was just bored that day. We need to go outside. They need to go play. Yeah, do we a couple to, laps we... on some some land skis and uh, <laughs> clear the head, clear the old noodle. Get out of the land skis. <laughs> quick, quick up and de- up and back around the block. You know, get a couple stairs. Clear your head. Move on with your day. Couple stairs. How can you do stairs on land skis? No, I'm talking about people staring at you. Oh, yeah, you, you, oh, no, no, no. Don't go anywhere near stairs on land skis. Are you insane? Have you lost your mind? I guess you can go down them. We're like talking land skis here. I, I'll, I'll green light that one uh, on Shark Tank. <laughs> Jesse, Thank you. I'll green light that one. I'm, I'm in. 
All right, I, I you've just bought yourself twenty percent of my company. I will only need uh, about a million and a half dollars to get this bad boy off the ground because uh, checks in the mail. Somehow, I'm already being sued by people who are injured on my prototype. <laughs> and, uh, as soon as we get ourselves out of this well, air little quotes, hole, air quotes. Right, as soon as we dig ourselves out of this little hole, we'll figure out how to get them into production. But right now, I got a pretty serious lawsuit that I'm staring down. So, All right, thank you, what Jared. else do you have, Tyler? Um, so this is an interesting study that came out uh, about what different religious groups are concerned about with the upcoming elections. We're getting pretty close here, down to the wire on election season. And uh, PRRI did a really interesting study uh, about why what is motivating different groups of religious people to go to the polls this year, what issues are top of mind. What was especially interesting about this, and which may not be super surprising, if you've been listening to some of the relevant news and stuff we've been talking about on this podcast, white evangelicals are outliers, singularly outliers in every single issue that they are concerned about going into this election. So here's what that means. Basically, for the top three critical issues by religious affiliation that's motivating you to the polls, most religious groups, kind of the same mix of big issues, things that probably won't be super surprising, uh, the pandemic, uh, fairness in presidential elections, uh, things like health care, tax policy, climate change. These are what would unite most religious groups and honestly most Americans who are going to vote this year, but white evangelicals, top three issues according to them, abortion, terrorism, and voter fraud. Uh, and there's no other religious group right now that listed any of those among their wow. top, the top three issues that they're I'm most ter- interested terrorism? in. Terrorism? Yeah, terrorism, say, feels, very, terrorism? feels very outdated right now, doesn't That's it? Like, that- we haven't had a terrorist attack <laughs> since I was 15 years old. I'm surprised that abortion didn't show up in other religious groups, though. You know what I mean? Like, there's still... like. Catholics and whatever are still mm-hmm. very conservative yeah. in that area. Interesting. It is interesting because obviously white evangelicals are not the only group that consider abortion to be a, an issue for them. I would going say, in, I would say, cat, I mean, Catholics yeah. are some of the most pro life, you know, groups, voting groups, yeah. Hmm. The, uh, and, and there, I don't really know why that is. They just didn't get into what the, what the, why that might be, but like white mainline Protestants, for example, uh, coronavirus pandemic, fairness in presidential elections, and crime top three issues that, that's mainline that's mainline like is white, mainline? Mainline, yeah mainline, mainline are liturgical so like lutheran presbyterian mm-hmm. uh not yeah. southern baptist not, not basically pres- for the purposes right. of this uh right. pretty much uh black protestant the pandemic racial inequality and fairness in the presidential elections as well uh hmm. hispanic protestants crime health care the pandemic white catholics health care the pandemic fairness in presidential elections so a lot of unity on the rest of these issues kind of the same mix huh. of issues and that just isn't the case for white Protestants and they're outliers. This is usually the case, actually. They're outliers in a lot of issues going into here. Only about 35% of Americans at large approve of how President Trump has handled the pandemic among white evangelicals. That jumps up to 76% of approval rating. And you see that kind of across the board in these types of questions. America (laughs) at large feels one way. White evangelicals are flipped uh, wow. Derek giving me the look that says I could have told you all of this. Yeah. Water is wet. <laughs> <laughs> In today's segment, water is wet. Man. That's crazy. This boy though. said terrorism. That's crazy. I, like, 
Are they talking about like the the white supremacist terrorist? Are they? I surely that. Oh, talking I think about we know it. the answer to that. <laughs> I, th- I, I think we're living in two thousand one still. You know, <laughs> the the radicals. You know how you know how like you can somebody who has like a mullet. You're like man, nineteen eighty seven was good to him. He loved that year, and he just locked it in for the rest of his life. You know what I'm saying? I feel like white evangelicals love two thousand two, and just they're riding it out. They're just mm. staying in that lane. You know. That mm. was their heyday. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. We'll see. I, I wish it was just like mm-hmm. one weird denomination that was like, uh, well, let's see Space Force uh, right at the top of the list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those paper straws that are good for the environment, but get kind of soggy about halfway through the drink. Like to see, like to see the government do something about that. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's kind of, kind of fair game after that, but it's, you know, got those two issues covered. Like, I just wish there was one out there denomination that we could all just kind of collectively laugh at and not we get, get cops about. more yeah. ways to get around town. So I'm going the paper, soggy straw, space force, and we don't need horse cops anymore. Uh, that's, uh, where do you stand, sir? Where, where I would love one of the, stand? we'll love one of the town hall people to stand up to one of the presidents and ask the question. I want like you that. to drink this Starbucks out of that paper straw and you tell me, you yeah. tell me Vinti, if it's not soggy by the end. That's all that's all I have to say about this hey, issue. To Starbucks credit, they figured out a solution the lid. to the yeah, lid. they have a, a straw lid thing, a sip yeah. lid. Yeah, Good what? I've never seen it. It's a sip. Yeah, lid. it's like a it's like a it's sippy a cup sippy for a cup? toddler on all yeah. the Starbucks now. They're doing no straws anymore. Yeah, look, I mean, look, maybe they I, do it. They're going to be here in Nashville. Trump and Biden are doing the final debate here uh, tomorrow. Maybe I'll just go, gentlemen. Tyler Huckabee, relevant news. Just one question for you guys: horses <laughs> um, with police officers on top of. I don't understand. It. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever can figure out Mr. the solution here gets my vote. Mr. President, y'all know I'm will, staying in my house. <laughs> I will no, not be anywhere. I will right. not be anywhere near that poopy show. Oh. That's all right. That's all right. That's why you're sending down the Tyler Huckabee delegation. It's my beat. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What else do you have, Tyler? Uh, final thing today. This is kind of. I don't know if you guys are still checking out uh, SNL, but um, but uh, last week we had Issa Rae hosted SNL with musical guest Justin Bieber, who's kind of gearing great. up for his uh for his new a new era in the Bieber in in the Bieber sant that we're looking at here, and uh, he uh, did. Not not only did he do his new song "Holy" with Chance the Rapper, that's how he opened it, but then he also which dropped was a awesome, new, they which was great, church, yeah, which was great, really, yeah. really good. And Chance did a good job. He showed up there. Uh, it was good, always good. He seems to really enjoy being on SL, so it was good to see him there. He also dropped a new single called "Lonely." which he performed with Benny Blanco, who produced it. And uh, that makes actually a, a pretty compelling case that uh, that being a celeb is is no picnic. And I think songs about the trials of fame can be a little bit self-indulgent sometimes. But this one obviously, honestly came from a, a really raw and real place about some of the stuff that Justin's been through over the last few years that he's been very transparent about and honest about and that we've talked about many times here on Relevant. Just uh, last month on Instagram, he got really open about uh, some of his new kind of pivot and reprioritization of his faith. He said, I want to walk to God and the plans God has for me and not try to do it on my own. I'm grateful I can walk with Jesus as he leads the way. Hmm. Uh, Here's a clip of that song. Everybody knows my past now, like my house was always made of glass. And maybe that's the price you pay for the money and fame at an early age. And everybody saw me sick. And it felt like no one gave her They criticized the things I did As an idiot kid Oh, 
The thing that struck me about this song was like, yeah, you, like you said, sometimes like, oh, woe is me. I'm so rich and popular, you know, mm-hmm. is self-indulgent. But he's been so open about his mental health and struggles with depression and other things that when he sings a song like this, the authenticity comes through. Like he's just, it's a vulnerability and transparency and it's not like a, what was me put on thing. It, it really gives you empathy for yeah. somebody who lives a life that we none of us can identify with. That, you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. so it's yeah. like to hear him open up like that, it's like, and he was tweeting this, this week as well to people who, fans who gather in front of his home and they're trying to snap pictures of him as he's just walking in out of his house. He's just like, this isn't a hotel, people. I mean, like, yeah. can I just live a life? You know, it's just like, you just don't Not think. Jealous. Yeah, you just don't think about that. And like like he said, when he was a kid going through this, like he's never had a normalcy. Yeah. And and he's just living all publicly. I, it just really like it broke my heart for him. A, lot of, a lot of artists are trapped. <clears throat> and they're trapped in the, you know, and I, and I can say this even for myself. Like when I first started doing music, you know, I just wanted to rap about where I'm from and rap about God. And then I got whisked into a set of rules that I didn't want to live by. And now I'm 10 years later. And for some reason, people don't like artists to grow. So they don't mm-hmm. like, like, so you look at Biebs and Biebs when he first came in, it was lovey-dovey songs and, and you know, then he went into bad boy Biebs phase. And then now it's like, do we expect this person to be that for his whole life? Mm-hmm. And then I think we expect too much out of art. I think we expect too much out of people. I was talking to a friend about this before, like social media has created this really weird perspective of how we engage relationships because we can have access to people at all times. And I should just, I, I think it's unfair for how artists of that level and that stature that people, and the same thing was with Michael Jackson. Everybody thought Michael Jackson was a weirdo, but I mean, you'd be weird if you were uber famous from 12 years old, you never really had a childhood. And then you're just kind of trapped on this Island by yourself. Now take all of the indiscretions and stuff away but it's he's not the only person like a lot of these child stars they implode because they never get to literally live a life where they can just go into whole foods pick up some uh pick up some almond milk and go home and not be recognized i think like it's the fame thing is is man you better know what you're getting into before you get it makes it kind of amazing that anybody gets through it when when you see somebody who's gone through all that and appears to be doing okay, that's the rare thing. That's the rarity. Somebody who has a tough time with it. That's not, shouldn't be surprising because um, our culture too wants to build, build you up. And then once you're at the top, tear you down, you know, they, they Mm -hmm. love to see the heroes fall. And so it's like, it's like everybody's rooting for these guys to, to implode, you know, and and it's sick. It's sick. And and like, I can't imagine having the pressure anyway. So for him to handle it publicly like that with a song like this with Benny Blanco, I just, it stood out to me, you know, like good, good for him. I love it when, I love it when stars, actors, musicians say I've had enough and they just go into just normalcy. They're like, you know what? I'm going to be a mom. I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to go sell real estate or whatever. I love when they take their life back and say, this doesn't define me because you can really get wrapped up in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for. That's kind of sexy, bro. I'm gonna keep it real. It's it's like a modern, sexy, uh, hot list thing. Yeah. It's not sizzling. 
it's like it's the 2020. I mean, I, 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 I mean if it came on in the club, I'd be like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it sounds like something that, 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 that could potentially be played like in the dressing room waiting area at like Forever 21. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do, do you want this to see those in a 33 as well as 34? We'll just toss them over the door for you. Okay. For more content like that, check out what we're publishing every day over at relevantmagazine.com and check out the latest episodes of Relevant News. Stay tuned. Up next, Natalie Manuel Lee joins us. You're listening to Charlie XCX. The song is Boys Keeping With The Theme. Well, Natalie Manuel Lee is a journalist and producer and host of a Hillsong Channel series, Now With Natalie. On the show, uh, she has uh, authentic conversations about identity and purpose with people like Haley Bieber, Kelly Rowland, and many more A-list celebrities. Natalie sat down with our very own Tyler Huckabee recently to talk about calling, knowing how to bridge the gap between your gifts and your purpose, and keeping your head on straight when it feels like the world is falling apart. Here's our conversation with Natalie Manuel Lee. Listening to you on now with Natalie, and I love interviewing other interviewers because it gets me a chance to talk shop a little bit. But uh, do you think? Did you feel like you had a knack for really good, honest conversation even before the show started? Yes, I think that that's where I found. It's so funny because I didn't really know that I had a gift for doing this until I actually started doing it. So you know, a lot of times I feel like God just kind of called me to it and I jumped in the water and I realized, oh my God, this is literally something that this is what I do is having those honest conversations with my friends and family and more so just getting down to the deep rooted stuff and being honest with ourselves. It definitely invigorates me. It makes me feel excited to actually get to the depths and the roots of what we need to truly confront. And like I said, I didn't even know that I had a gift until I was filming Season one, I believe I was like on my fifth interview and I left away and I was like, oh my God, this is a part of my purpose. This is a part of my gift. But a lot of times just to encourage people that sometimes we don't realize that our purpose and our gift is wrapped up in obedience, is an act and an act of obedience. So for me, it was like a season of being obedient. Let me go and do what God's called me to do and then realize, wait a minute, I've been doing this all along, but now he's putting it into into this formula that has become my work, that has become my job, and that has become a part of my purpose. Why do you think we tend to be bad at real conversation? What's the hold up there? Shame. Shame. Shame robs us. Shame is, is, is and that's what season two is about, is shame. Um, and a lot of it is we don't have the strength to be vulnerable. We think that vulnerability equates to weakness, and our reality of vulnerability equates to strength. And so I think a lot of it is shame. A lot of it is lack of vulnerability and a lot of it is caring what other people think. And, you know, shame lies to us. Shame is built in secrecy. Shame will tell you that 
you can't say anything because people will throw stones at you or make you feel some type of way. But shame steal, robs us from confronting those things. And in order for us to have these authentic, authentic conversations, we have to be in a position um, to be able to confront. You know, we, we can't heal if we don't confront. We can't enter into freedom if we don't confront. And in order for us to confront, we have to be honest and vulnerable with ourselves. That is why the topic for season two is shame is because we, we have this proclivity as a generation to pick up all these wrong labels to, to really define who we are. It's so cool that you've been able to find something that you're really good at and that you feel like is your calling. What would you say to people who haven't gotten there yet, who are just having a lot of struggles and knowing what their gifts are and what their calling is? Yeah, I think it's, it starts with seeing what you're passionate about, seeing what you're compassionate about, and really the desires of your heart. You know, scripture says your gifts and talents will make room for you. Hone in on what you believe your actual gifts and talents are, and they will make room for you, but also accept those gifts and talents. I think for me for so long, I didn't accept it because I felt like, how is this, how can this actually turn into a career of me just being able to talk to my friends and, and having these honest, authentic conversations? But I knew that I knew the desires of my heart is like, this is what I love to do day in and day out. I knew that it was a part of my gift. I knew that I was compassionate about it. I knew that I had a thrill about it. So I think that if we really hone in on those things that kind of make us spark, that is a part of un unequivocally. So that is a part of our purpose. That is a part of who we are. There's a reason why God has put these interests in you. You know what I mean? If we don't, if there's no interest in life, if we don't have any hobbies, then okay. But there's a reason why we love these certain things. And like I said earlier, if we don't know who we are and we don't know where we're from, we'll never know why we're here. So hone in on your identity, hone in on knowing who you truly are. So this year has put our uh, our mental health to the test in a lot of ways, and uh, and I think that's probably something that's very relatable. How's it been for you? For me, it's just making sure that we're staying connected to the source. You know, at the end of the day, we have to to make sure that we're connecting back to who created us. I think there's definitely moments where some days are harder than others. Um, and I think when I realize that I feel empty or whenever I feel depleted, I know that I'm not filling my spiritual cup. I'm realizing that, oh, I haven't worshipped, you know, maybe in a day or two or, oh, I haven't actually spent any undivided attention with God and just really honing in. And what I do is when I do feel like I'm low and I'm just heavy and I'm just maybe potentially going into a doubt about of feeling low or blah as I go in my closet and I just everything is dark and I turn on worship music and I just sit there and I just wait and I just wait to just to hear anything but more importantly almost starting to just release certain things off of me so it's been it's definitely been an up and down six months um but I know that your mental and your spiritual are, you know are most imperative in our life and so for me I am aware of I need to make sure that I'm doing the certain things that I need to do to actually make me stay into a healthy place. And that's 
going in my closet, having that prayer time, releasing that those certain things, filling my cup up spiritually. You mentioned red flags uh, when you know that you need to be spiritually filled. What are some of those red flags for you? Great question. Uh, when I start comparing myself you know, to other people, when I start feeling like, oh, this person's maybe doing that, and that's not even how I'm wired. That was the whole point of season one. It's like, this is, I've walked this season out, but it's still... But I, when I start feeling like, wait a minute, I need to be doing more or, and sometimes we do need to be doing more, but it doesn't mean that it needs to weigh you down of making you feel like you need to be doing more. My patience level is very thin. Um, so when I'm running out of patience and when I'm just feeling there's no excitement, there's no, I don't feel purpose that day. That's when I really know. So when I feel like I'm questioning everything that I've done, and if, if this even makes any sense, when I'm starting to compare myself to others, feeling like I need to do more, um, looking at my fruit and my characteristics of my personality that day, which is potentially not having a lot of patience and not being able to extend grace and not feeling motivated. All of those things for me are huge red flags. And some days I sit in it, but I don't, we have to feel our feels, right? So we could, we, we could sit in it, but we can't stay there. We can't afford to stay there. But we have the tools that we need to get out of those seasons. And so for me, if it's maybe a day or if it's a couple hours, I know that that next day I'm going to have to go fill my, fill my spirit up, get in the closet, get in worship, just pray. Casting all of those cares onto, onto God, that's a real thing. It's like we can't carry and walk around with these heavy burdens on our shoulders thinking that we can deal with it. You know, that's God weight. That's not human weight. It's God weight. And when I start carrying God weight, that's when I know I am not in my right mental and spiritual and emotional state because I'm trying to now control the things that he should have been controlling all along. So those are some of the flags. Last question. Uh, what does church look like for you these days? Wow, great question. We are um, we do online church, but now because it's it's so unconventional. I mean, we did online church even prior to the pandemic. But I think the beauty of what's happening right now is the church is is restructuring itself to understand that we don't have to worship in those four walls. The church starts within. The church starts with us. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. Yes, it's good to commune and have that community and have that fellowship. That is one thing that I do miss, is like fellowshipping with others. But in our reality, we are the church. You know, the, the building is not the church. We are the church. And if we keep that perspective, I believe that we will save more souls outside of the four walls than we are in the four walls. Is Natalie Manuel Lee. Check out Now with Natalie on the Hillsong Channel.
You're listening to The Killers. The song is The Man, of course. Well, many thanks to Natalie Manuel Lee for joining us. You can follow her on all social at Natalie Manuel Lee. Hey, uh, go check out relevantmagazine.com. Now, a couple weeks ago, I mentioned our new newsletters we were launching. I kind of jumped the gun on those and uh, they did not launch for the show that I promoted them. But guess what? They're live now. We have we are debuting a new uh, newsletter every weekday morning. It's our top five quick look at our top five articles, keeping in the loop of what's happening at Relevant. It's a quick glance first thing in the morning. Check it out. You can sign up on the Relevant Magazine homepage. Also, we're launching a new daily devotional called Deeper Walk. You can sign up for that there as well. We will post them on the site as well, but why not get them sent to your inbox and start your day with a nice five minute devotional. All right. On that note, we'll wrap things up for this uh, Boys Are Back in Town edition of the Relevant Podcast. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Derek Miner. And uh, hopefully next time, Jamie will be back. Now, now that you did it back, you did great, Tyler. You did great. I'm just saying. <laughs> the first 30 minutes of the show. Jesse doesn't know boundaries if no, Jamie's not on the show. Is I am as boundary free as a long distance unicyclist. Just riding all over the road. Just wind in my hair. Sun in my eyes, wind on my back. We'll see you on Tuesday. Have a good weekend, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com Don't go anywhere near stairs on Lansky's. Are you insane? Have you lost your mind? Relevant Podcast Network.